Oh my gosh. Hello. I'm really excited about this one because it is not just one of my most favorite things to talk about, or I would say top three reasons people reach out to me to work with me in terms of my business coaching or even like the accounting firm or all of it. But this has been such a crucial part of my own growth and development and quite honestly, a really gnarly trigger for a really long time until I understood what exactly is happening. And it's called this episode Contraction Feels because it is all about the contraction feels. What I mean by contraction is that inevitable collapse, the redaction after expansion. So whenever you've kicked a major goal, whatever you've realized a huge achievement when you've been working on something for a really, really, really long time and you finally get it done, or you've been working towards something and you can finally say you've got it. Anytime we cross those thresholds, we will inevitably contract. And you'll hear me talk about the business and growth and life and pretty much everything being spiralic. And what I mean by that is You start at a central point and then you spiral out. And as you spiral out, it can often feel like you're going in the right direction and everything's working and then you round the corner and then suddenly it feels like you're going backwards or you're in the same place that you were before, but it's a little different and a little weird and a little uncomfortable. And then you round the corner and there's the light at the end of the tunnel and it feels really great and so on and so forth, right? It's just kind of the way things go. And there are a lot of feels when the contraction shows up. And I don't care who the fuck you are. I don't care if you're Tony Robbins. I don't care if you're super successful or just getting started. I don't care if you've mastered mindset or you feel like a complete fucking rookie. I was going to try and think of like other people besides just Tony Robbins because quite honestly, that guy totally oozes me out. I went to one of his events once. That's a whole nother story. Ask me about it sometime. But I felt like (laughs) I felt like I was at like the weirdest frat party ever. It made me he yeah, anyhow, something about him. I think what he teaches is fucking amazing. And I work with a lot of people who have done a lot of his things, which I think is really interesting. Part of me, it it surprised me even when people wanted to work with me again, because I was like, wow, if I'm doing my job, we solve the problems and you're good to go. But what I then realized is that in business, ownership can be so fucking freaky because you're constantly, you're constantly expanding, contracting, expanding, contracting. And so having someone who understands how you work, understands your business, understands your unique approach to everything is not just priceless, but crucial. So I get it. I get, I get why people would return. But initially I was like, I mean, if he's so good, why are you going back? But I digress. Ding, ding. If you're playing the how often do I say I digress, you you get to drink right now game. (laughs) So let's get back to contraction. All the feels come up. And God, it's challenged so many different stories I've told myself from fear of failure and fear of success to the sort of victim survivor warrior narrative to ego and bragging. I'm going to tell my favorite bragging story. I've told this one a few times But I was very anti-five-year plans and long-term planning because it feels like everything changes so quickly and so rapidly. It's a waste of time. The thing is, is that the reason it felt like a waste of time is I was afraid. I was afraid I I wouldn't kick those goals. 
And so the first time I put together a big, hairy, audacious <laughs> list of goals, and this was in my um, early 20s, everything ranging from having my own office to owning my own house to earning a certain amount of money to having a certain number of employees to getting to travel a certain amount. And at the time that was music. So the traveling was definitely touring, you know, working travel, but just having enough and and health and security and work and business and reputation and influence. And I, I picked some ridiculous things kind of to like actually prove the whole exercise wrong. Like I wanted to show people that five-year plans were oh, just a waste of time and energy, but instead I kicked every single one of those goals. And I think, I mean, it was all within three years. I can't remember the exact time frame because that was a long time ago. <laughs> but it proved to me not only that planning is amazing and what happens when you throw something out there that you kind of don't even keep paying attention to. But what happened when I got my own office, which was the last thing on the list, which again, I hadn't actually been putting any effort into it. I already had my own studio that had its was space and we had renovated it probably within maybe a year, year and a half of me getting the office. So it was fucking gorgeous. One of the artists I had worked with, visual artist, helped us helped us do it. And we were going for lush and we got luscious. So I was really, really proud of that. But one of the things that I had in my head about my own space was having like signage on the street. And Oftentimes with studios, you keep it pretty low pro because you don't want anyone on the street to just be like, oh, yo, so-and-so is up there recording, right? So that was not – I don't know. For whatever reason, I had that in my head. And so when I finally got my office and I saw my record label and touring and – had I started managing bands then? Yeah, I just started managing bands at that point. So I had a few different things and I saw the sign on the street and I was like, oh, my God, like this – this is it. And then I immediately freaked out. <laughs> I actually, I'm only putting this together right now. Within six months of that, I kind of had the probably the first breakdown I'd had since I was sort of going through therapy and, and dealing with like clinical depression and anxiety. So it had been a few years, but I'm only putting together now. It was probably directly related to the contraction, which happens after the expansion. And I'm not saying like you have to collapse on the floor and ugly cry like I did. <laughs> but what happens after an expansion is you create so much more room for activities, right? You cross the threshold and suddenly you're standing on the horizon. You're standing at that thing that you looked at for so long that was so far away. It was just a little point, a little pinprick in your scope of vision. And you put your head down and you trudged along. And you put one foot in front of the other until you got there. And suddenly you pick your head up and you go, oh my God, there's still a lot more to go. There's still a lot more that I want. There's still a lot more that I desire. And all of the feels show up. Ego, like how dare you pat yourself on the back? How dare you celebrate your wins? How dare you talk about the fact that you've achieved everything on your bucket list? How dare you think you're enough or great or whatever the fucking story might be. And that's just one thing. Another huge thing that happens after a massive expansion is your game gets bigger. You stop trudging to that point, that destination point in your horizon. You like getting a nice little hoopty ride and start driving. 
you're probably investing more. You probably have more to lose. You probably have a bit of a reputation now. A lot more people are aware of you and what you're doing. And that's intimidating. We also kind of identify with that, the drudgery, the drudgery, drudgery isn't a real word, of being that person that like battled it out on our own, day in, day out, working. I was like, oh my gosh. The reason I had my other breakdown, not, well, the breakdown I referred to earlier, the other reason I had it is I was working 20 hours a day, seven days a week. Like that's insane. I actually could, that was my jam back in my 20s. I did that from like 18 until 35. (laughs) I can't do that anymore. I don't want to do that anymore. I have zero interest in that. But I wore that like a fucking badge back then. And so, yeah, there's a lot of identity that needs to, must get abandoned when you cross that threshold. And that is 100% part of the contraction for all of us that are trailblazers and rule breakers and rebels and visionaries and dreamers, when all of the things that you've been fantasizing about become your reality, that shifts everything as well. Suddenly the dream is just your day to day. And for us, it's our fucking job. It feels different. It's always going to feel different when you're tangibly touching it, when it is your day to day, when you're paying the bills on it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's definitely just not, it's not what you expect. And any unmet expectation can show up like disappointment. I'm not showing saying that it will, but this is the contraction. And so it's always tempting to throw the pity party at this point, to freak out, to crawl under your covers, and to question, am I capable? Can I do this? Is this what I wanted? I fucked it all up. Anytime I got to this point, I would just burn it all down. And granted that in those moments, it felt like I was continually challenging the status quo and always trying to grow and push myself. But when I reflect back on that, I sometimes wonder like what would have happened had I just kind of stayed the course. And rather than reacting in that point of contraction, I recognized what it's happening, which I can do now. And especially when things don't go according to plan, especially when that contraction is actually a result of something kind of massively fucking up, rather than reacting in that moment, I can remind myself, like, you got here. You're doing just fine. It's You don't know how this is going to end up, but every single time this has happened before, this became one of the best stories that you told and taught you so, so, so much. Just hang in there till the lesson shows up, till the opportunity shows up, which you know is on the other side of this massive contraction. Uh, my coach training, there were a handful of what they called foundational principles and things that I continually go back to is we are exactly where we need to be. This is kind of that old adage, like everything happens for a reason. We're getting exactly what we need. We might not want it. And if you don't, this is your opportunity to do something different about it. But there is medicine if you're willing to swallow that pill your perfect energy being, right? That's another one. When we really let that sink in, we're exactly where we need to be. There are no mistakes. Your perfect energy being, all that gives us is a way to move through this contraction in a way that the feels, I don't want to say bypass and don't feel the feels, but sometimes like when that ego shows up and your default tendencies, your bad habits, that level one or two, if you listen to my ELI and energy leadership index, All it's saying is like, you just need to lick your wounds. You just need to pause. You just need a break. 
And so that's what the contraction is, is it's just an opportunity to slow down for just a minute, whatever you need. It can be a minute. It can be 10 minutes. It can be 10 weeks. It can be a year. Lots of people take time after massive expansions to kind of go, well, where to from here? This is why you hear C-suites doing these like executive retreats where they go and spend three days planning the next three, five years. My business partner and I do that once a year, just so that we can look at everything we've created and take a time to celebrate and then also plan the next expansion. So this is where acceptance becomes greater than expectation. And so just looking around and going, here I am. Not, well, I should have been here. Or what if I had dot, 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 or I wish dot, dot, dot. Whenever you're wishing something, just realize what you're saying is I don't have that. It actually kind of comes from a place of lack. And the quickest way to shift that in that moment of contraction where you realize like, oh, far out, I want something I don't have is to celebrate that. That becomes now your point of expansion. I talked a little bit about this in Envy. I think there was an episode on that. But just this idea that when you see somebody, you see another business, you see something and you recognize they have, it looks like you want and you don't got, there are emotions that are 100% going to come up. You may label them as envy and jealousy and disappointment, or you may label them as desire and excitement and creation and planning. That's not really an emotion, (laughs) but urgency, right? Like, oh shit, cool. That goes on the list now. That becomes part of, that's, that's like the new thing on my horizon. So again, why do I have a job? Why do I get to talk to people about contractions so often is because the best way, I think personally, to move through it with grace and ease and maybe even a little joy is to call in support. Now, you'll also hear me say, how can you give yourself exactly what you need in this moment without judgment? Learning to fulfill your own needs is like, I could just be a coach just about that. (laughs) It's been the most powerful tool for me, but I absolutely have external support as well. And I invest a lot of money in my external support, whether it's a bougie gym membership or a fucking Pilates reformer. There's tons of things you can do that don't take any investment, even time, let alone money. But have that list ready. I talk about that in my energy stacking activities. Have that big ass fucking list so that when you feel this contraction coming on, you don't burn it all down. Or you don't feed the energy of victim, blame, of shame, whether it's other people or yourself, because that stuff is compounding. And I can guarantee you, my friend, if you are in a space of contraction, it's because you just expanded and something massive, you've got something even fucking bigger on your horizon. So lick your wounds, give yourself that pause, that break, resource yourself effectively and feel down, feel down, feel free to hunker down. Take a moment. That's what's happening in the contraction. It's a fucking moment. Have I said fuck a lot in this episode? I say fuck a lot. I guess it's happening. Now that we're having this conversation, this very, very one-sided conversation, you're going to start to notice all of your contractions. 
and you're going to realize they don't have to mean anything. I would interpret my contractions as I don't love this anymore. I'm not passionate about this. I'm sucking at this. I need to study, you know, I need to try harder or work harder. For me, it became a real point of critique. And I thought if I didn't feel good, then that meant something, especially it must be bad. This isn't, this is a newer thing you can probably relate to is I found myself waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Like, oh, wow, everything's great. So something really fucked up is going to happen. And then guess what? When you're looking for problems, it's exactly what you're going to find. So just notice your capacity in a contraction. What do you really have the space for? I've had to tell a lot of my friends just in the last couple of weeks, I don't have a lot of capacity right now. I'm launching. I'm moving my parents out of their house. I've been helping people for two years now, and I'm kind of exhausted. I hit a wall, and that's okay. A useful tool as well as aim. So your ideal, your minimum, and then everything in between is acceptable. So in a space of contraction, just figure out what the bare minimum is. Figure out what an ideal might be. You're going to land somewhere in the middle, okay? And that's okay. Give yourself permission to aim, right? Somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Secondly, when you're ready, you will find some clarity. That happens in this moment. And a great thing to do in contraction is to review and to plan but do it from this present moment. What did you learn from the last expansion? What might you avoid for your next expansion? Where are you being too hard on yourself? Where can you really celebrate your wins? We say this over and over again because you don't fucking do it. Every single person I work with doesn't, they'll be like, oh, I found this like dream client, whatever. And I just like tripled my budgets for my projects. And like that huge person I've been whining and dining for the bid like came through and I'm really stressed out. And it's like, can we just stop for a second and like <laughs> rewind the tape and, and celebrate that you just did the massive thing, the thing that we've been talking about for the last three months? Like you did it. What are you going to do to celebrate? And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, what are your plans? Like, what are you doing this weekend? Where are you going? What are you buying? Like, what are you giving yourself? Like, who did you call and tell? Who did you share this with? And they never fucking do it. So make sure you celebrate the expansion that led to this contraction. Also notice the really fun stories you're telling yourself about this contraction. There's definitely going to be something there for you. Start like write them down. What are, you, are you never going to do this again? Are you afraid it's going to be the best it's been? You're going to have to keep scrambling and working and freaking out that you're never going to create this level of success again. Like whatever it might be, but just write it down. Because those things, here's the thing about indulging the fear and the negativity. Because again, a lot of the people I talk to don't want to do that. They feel like they're creating that reality. If those thoughts are in your head, they exist already. You're not creating them. You are calling them out. You're shining a light on that shadow. And if you don't explore them, they're not fucking going anywhere. <laughs> we're not exploring the worst case scenario to create that reality. We're exploring the worst case scenario because you're already thinking about it. So denying that doesn't make it go away. And as you're exploring, just notice your physical body. Move through it. Oh, was it right? But it was during this actual breakdown that I was referring to. I had been asked to participate in this incredible uh, mastermind. It was like a workshop, but everybody in it was, uh, I perceived them as being a thousand times beyond my level. 
And I was actually going to turn down the opportunity. I'd been hand chosen to participate in this weekend long program with people I had literally looked up to for the last three years. I had stalked them on the internet and they were much older. They were much more successful. They looked after the fucking best bands in the country and um, blah, 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 blah. And I mean, okay, long story short, BC. So one of the speakers they had at this was an organizational psychologist who was sort of like the CEO's therapist, right? And we went on a walk because he could see I was like riding front seat on the struggle bus. And we were talking about optimism and pessimism because I used to be so fucking gnarly. I was super punks rock. I, I have a tattoo on me that says FTW. And if you know, you know. So he asked me about that and why I was so shitty all of the time. And I was like, well, if you expect the worst, then you'll never be disappointed. Something my dad taught me. Really fun one to grow up with. And he said, yeah, sure. But you can also expect the best and maybe get it like at least 50% of the time. Right. And I was like, well, I mean, optimism just feels totally unrealistic. And he's like, it's just as unrealistic as pessimism. My brain exploded because he's right. Realism is probably the happy medium there. And he said, you know, I get it. Like you got a lot on your plate. You got a lot of people depending on you. You got a lot of moving pieces and it's hard. It's stressful. So that's what my morning walk was. And we were, we were on a walk. He knows what he's doing. And he said, so for 45 minutes, I stress out about all the things. And then I don't the rest of the day. I don't get to worry. Like I have my worry walk and that's what it's for. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a really interesting approach. And I've absolutely played with that. Oftentimes I'll go, if there's something really bugging me, I'll kind of take it with me into a workout. It's like meditate on it, you know, and you can ask for answers, ask for perspective and let the universe deliver or whatever you believe in or don't believe in. But it's a pretty interesting way to move through these contractions, right? Be like, okay, so there's an opportunity here. What is it? Or I can't let this one go. It's keeping me up at night. It's stressing me out. I'm acting out on this. Why? What's the answer here? And just see what happens. I talk about the opportunity on the other side of the challenge a lot because we usually can't see it when we're in it. But again, if you look back on your life, you'll know that every major fuck up, implosion, disaster, crisis, pity party, on the other side of that, like, Something cool happened, whether it was a learning lesson or a new opportunity or that door that opened when all the others closed or you met that partner or you randomly walked into that shop or business and it changed everything, right? Even if it's just the way that you think, like these don't have to be these massive life-changing moments. They can be these incredibly subtle shifts that truly change everything. That's the value of the contraction. Without that contrast, you don't understand the good or the bad. There's no growth. If everything were just copacetic, you don't learn anything. There's no movement. Like why, why try something different or go somewhere new or push yourself a little further if it's all good? It's in the contraction that we launch ourselves, right? And sure, like we can find ourselves in ruts and stagnating and, and it's a much slower build, 
But that's where when you start to tune into the messaging, the actual experiences, the real feelings that are available to you in a contraction, you'll, you won't stagnate. You can't because you start to realize, oh, this isn't like the pandemic forcibly shuts your fucking business down or your partner decides they're leaving you or somebody gets a job opportunity and they have to move away or your employee announces that they're pregnant. This is when you look up and you're like, oh, yeah, this doesn't. This doesn't feel amazing anymore. Like it's okay, but I'm going to, I'm going to make a move. And it also doesn't have to be drastic or burning it all down or sudden. That's the value. And really sitting with these contractive moments and experiences as you start to understand when you feel like this, even if everything's okay, because that's going to be a great opportunity for you to make some shifts try something different to get some amazingly new and awesome results. So I think, I mean, I kind of might, this might be a little all over the place. I think they're always a little all over the place, but review. Sometimes when I get in these places, I don't have the answer. I know there's a massive fucking issue going on. I don't want to dot, dot, dot. I'm freaking out. I'm basically just uncomfortable. I don't feel good. And if I don't know why, like then I review, well, what's working? Who are we? Like, what, how would I define myself in this moment? What have I learned thus far? What do I have the threshold to continue or not? What would challenging the status quo look like? And sometimes it's just like cleaning up my room or doing the laundry. (laughs) Like, again, these don't have to be going and like washing my car, like major life shifts. But in the same sense of that kind of like list of the energy stacking activities, There's usually a handful of things like emptying out my inbox, replying to all emails, looking at my marketing planning for the next couple months, thinking about launches, looking at the businesses all next to each other and making sure that like I've, I've got capacity for everything I want to do, making a huge, ridiculous list of bucket list, 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 (laughs) sorry, (laughs) just giving myself the opportunity to clean up and or play. Because if when I create more space and just my immediate circumstance, that that tends to shift things. But what works for you? Sometimes it's making plans. Sometimes it's planning a fun holiday. Sometimes it's going shopping. Others, it's like cleaning out your closet. But figure out some ways to just play with your energy in the space and review what actually feels expansive, what enables you to tap into that extra oomph that you need again, to move through this contraction. I did, oh gosh, when was this? This was right before. So this was like fall of 2019. And man, like I was killing it. I had just gotten an amazing office in the Rhino district in Denver. I was surrounding myself with amazing people. I was picking up more clients. I'd also just discovered human design. And so I was really tapping into like being a non-emotional splenic projector and playing with all my pings. <laughs> and if you know, you know. And it was just like making money and having fun. And again, that to me, I had a massive contraction. I was like, oh my God, everything's amazing. I've been visioning this for since I started actually coaching people full time. And this just feels fantastic. I need a challenge. So I signed up for this thing called 75 Heart. And by signed up, I just mean like I decided to do it. And it's a pretty simple, it's simple in this, in those like five things that you do. What was crazy is it was for 75 days and I do all sorts of weird ass shit, like 
fasting and cleanses and no sugar. And I've been a vegetarian for over 20 years, but I'll go vegan and no coffee or booze or whatever. And it's usually for like 30 days or a week. What feels to me like not hard. And the 75 hardest 75 days, I don't even need to get into it. What it taught me (laughs) was the difference between wanting something and choosing to have it right the fuck now. Something switched in my brain with the 75 days. And I, I suddenly tuned directly into what it feels like to make a decision, to make a commitment, to simply know this is the way it is. Rather than being like, oh, I'm going to like give up sugar and see how it feels. Or like, I'm going to go live on LinkedIn every day for a month. And you're like, fingers crossed. You know, I'm going to zero out my inbox. Like every, like all these little things that we tell ourselves we're going to do. This was different. And it really, really shifted the energy around trying something new for me. And it's not even trying, right? It's like Yoda says, there is no try, there is do or do not. That finally clicked for me. And that was really helpful because it's such a, it's like the opposite end of the spectrum from the contraction. Because the contraction is this gray area. It's very wishy-washy. It feels very cloudy, very foggy. And it gave me permission to also really be in that when that comes up. I experienced that. I mean, I think that was all of 2020, but it hit me fucking hard in February of this year. I was going to launch the anti-business school. I met, was planning on launching it January 28th. I found out Mercury was going retrograde for anybody who gives a shit about that. <laughs> I was like, I'm not launching, but it just gave me permission to take a pause. And the contraction was so hardcore. And I felt like I needed to just cocoon for all of February. And so I did. And I wallowed in that fogginess and the contraction. And it gave me the space to review, to plan, to tap into creative, juicy energy. Actually, it's how this was birthed, the podcast. In that space, I realized this this is my next big thing. And in stepping that out and getting back into my creativity and then finally actually like getting the balls up, the balls up, that's not what you say, getting, getting my shit together enough. Actually, I recorded a bunch of episodes and like the floodgates opened. And then once again, there was that energy of that 75 day hard decision making of this is what I'm now a podcaster. I am a podcaster. Not like, oh, I hope I keep this up or like, that was fun. I wonder if the episodes were good or like, I hope, I wonder if people, no, no, this is me. This is what I do. So yeah, lots of, uh, lots of internal and external caregiving going on in the contraction. And I think the, the one thing I'm really trying to get across here is it doesn't have to mean anything. At the very least, you probably just need a pause. You probably just need a break. This is eventually going to feel like an opportunity. But right now, it's (laughs) this is where I coined that phrase when I was really thinking about this episode, like the impermanence of permanence. It feels like it's going to be this forever. But that we just know that's not true. That's one of those stories our mind, our ego tells us. 
what is in this contraction for you? How can you let go? How can you take your hands off the wheel? Yeah, it feels super mundane. The expansion often can feel super lightning fast, right? Like you've been working on this thing forever and ever and ever, and then all of a sudden it's here. And then the contraction is just this slow roll. What if you could just lean into it is signaling something so much bigger is coming, and this is your opportunity to rest up, prepare, root down, build out your systems and structures so that when the next expansion suddenly shows up, you're so fucking ready for it. Oh, and then I guess just like one final thought. Is there something that needs to be acknowledged? I mean, I kind of talked about this, like, what do you need to celebrate? What do you need to review? What do you need to let go? What do you need to call in? The contraction is such a fantastic time for all of these big questions. And it doesn't mean you don't love it anymore. It doesn't mean you suck at it. It doesn't mean there's a problem. It's just part of the spiralic process, my friend. I think that's all I got. This is like one of my most favorite things to talk about. Honestly, this is pretty much why everyone reaches out to me. We work through this so many times in a coaching relationship. I talk a lot about this in the anti-business school. And you can always text me 720-704-4865 if you feel like you're going through a contraction and want some support. Hopefully that's still around. If not, I got the Discord community going, the container. There's all sorts of ways you can reach out to me on the socials, at the BZ channel. There's also my website, NicoleBZ.com. I'm pretty fucking easy to get a hold of. Don't email me. (laughs) I have a nightmare on emails. Do you know every email you send? four will get returned. Yeah. Not the best use of anything really. Um, okay. I'm really, I'm actually done now. Bye.